two senseis and a casual. What's up, everybody? This is another episode of True Hip Hop Sensei's and Casual. I'm your host, Brandon, aka B Weezy. And man, today's a great day to be great. <laughs> it really is. It really is. <clears throat> All right. I'm not doing AKAs no more. All right. It's a new year. Why? Because I'm doing something new. Just wait, relax. Jesus. So I'm going to have a quote for you guys from um, an author. Her name is Rainia Maria Rilke. And it says, let everything happen to you. Beauty and terror. Just keep going. No feeling is final. And I'm Gerard, by the way. So, <laughs> that is a completely different approach. Yeah. yeah. Sophisticated. So thank you, Gerard. I like that. <clears throat> I'll be the funny one. Well, I'm A-Day the name, and the government name is Drew. And if I was with Snoop, he'd say, pass the weed, nephew. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, man, before we go any further, please make sure you are subscribed to the podcast. We are on Apple, Spotify, um, Google, and Anchor. Uh, all of our links in one spot. Um, actually, not reading that this time. Shout out to Draw for Linktree. All of our links are there. Um, and also be sure to follow us on Instagram at 2HipHopSenseis, period A, period casual. Um, we appreciate all the love and support. Uh, and shout out to Ty, uh, who, who uh, produced a new... Um, graphic for us that we probably be you know uploading soon Ooh, the loved it. um so again shout out to you ty we appreciate the love and if you're real really loyal as always be sure to tell a friend to tell their friends about our podcast we could be friends but yeah what do y'all want to get into this week this probably be a, a shorter episode than normal but um a gem was dropped this weekend that that i'm excited to discuss so um we can start there if you guys want. Is that Joey Badass? Uh, no, but we can we discuss <laughs> That's that. That's what I'm excited for. Welcome to the early. <laughs> so yeah, uh, Gerard, if you don't mind sharing what you share with us today. Uh, as far as what? Joey Badass. What you sent us in the group chat? Wow, B. Uh, <laughs> wow. He's got our morning. names mixed up on his phone. I get it. No, it was one in the morning. Uh, you know my struggles. You know, show show a little compassion, but you know it's all good. So, Drew, share with you. No, go ahead, Gerard, share it. Bro, I was like, what I do? Like, <laughs> God, that's like that's like a, that's like doing a project in class, and you do all the work, but you get zero credit. The funny part is, I'm like, wow, how is Gerard confused? He literally just sent you last night. What is, what is he talking about right now? Um, well, it's just confirmed that Joey Badass will be releasing a new album in 2022, and all I've needed for him was one more, and this should be the one. <laughs> I'm very excited. Drew, what's your expectations? There's been a lot of shit going on the past few years, so he, I feel like he's got material for days. I mean, he's a, he's a lyrical rapper, too. He's a lyrical miracle, like Gerard would say, so I, I just want... I just want catchy songs like his last album, All American Badass, was very uh, race related, um, very uh, politically charged. So if he if he builds on that, too, I'm happy because he can make a story on anything. He can make it sound good. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm a big fan of Joey Badass, so I'm looking forward to it. Um, and like you said, he always talks about like what's going on in the world as far as race relations and 
you know, how everybody is reacting to it. So it's going to be interesting to hear his perspective about the things that's going on right now. And like, like you said, he's a great rapper. So right. Super talented. So I'm, I'm ready to hear what he got to say. His, his last album too, it was very tough to listen to, but like, unlike to pimp a butterfly for me, it's still hard to get through that album. Sometimes yeah. Joey did it in a lyrical way that like kept you interested. And he yeah. kept it he kept it light at times too, while also talking about some heavy shit. So yeah, dude, I'm I'm very excited. He's I always say all these rappers are one of my favorites, but all these new cats, I can't wait for it. He's yeah, awesome yeah. to me. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny, Drew dropping his uh a couple of his cliches that he's been called out about, but in a joking way, uh wanting <laughs> one more and his favorite, but um Drew, you brought up a good point about the storytelling. I think that's one thing that I appreciate the most about Joey Badass is his storytelling. Like, even when you go back to, um, was it 1999 or Waves? Like, that yeah, is one yeah. of the beautiful songs of all time. And yeah. he's just telling the story from having Waves to, you know, being on a skateboard is is, is fire, man. So, yeah, no, I, a story I, about, like, his childhood and related to exactly how he's living today. So, Dude, there's not many storyteller rappers left, and to do it in a lyrical way is very tough to do nowadays. And it's a lost art in rap. It's like yeah. a it's like a mid range shot in the NBA. Damn. That's true. Yeah, that's a very <laughs> good analogy. on fire right now. Because I spit hot fire. Wow. Uh, but yeah, shout out to Joey Badass. Um, I wonder if he'll mention any of his acting or like accomplishments when it comes to acting and his music because. That's like another flex that most rappers don't have. So I mean, he mentioned it in his verse on Russ's album, so he might. There, there you go. Another um, verse. But yeah, man, uh, look forward to that. What I was talking about though was the Weekend album, which wow, that uh, I'll just, I'll just, I'll just explore <laughs> my thoughts. But I loved it. I loved it. I we have talked on here about wanting artists to go back to themes yeah. uh, for him to. You know, and it's funny because it's 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 a different genre, right? This is R and B, but um, just thinking, like the last time I can remember someone having like a really good radio station theme mm-hmm. on an album that I love was probably was probably Doggy Style with Snoop, where oh, I've listened hey, to that. W Balls. On the station that slaps you across your fat ass with a fat dick. Yeah, W Balls. You know, and I don't know. I just, I just. I, I've seen people slander it on social media, and I feel like they don't quite grasp how difficult it is to make it seem like you're listening to the radio while listening to an album. Mm-hmm. Like transitions, um, commercials, you know, even had the Drew Carey um, segment on there, which was really dope. There was beautiful songs on. I feel like I was time traveling into the 80s, like Back to the Future. Um some of the songs I love the most, let me see here, which ones? I mean, I added the whole album, but so Dawn FM, um, how do I make, how do I make you love me was amazing. My favorite um, one. Yeah. I forgot about the tale by Quincy, which Quincy Jones shared a story. I don't think anyone expected, but was very um, insightful. I, I just, man, take my breath was amazing. I, I didn't skip a song listening to the album, to be honest with you. Um, I mean, I guess if I had any criticism of Drew, we talked about a little bit yesterday. You said Tyler's verse was too short, but I feel like, to be honest, 
I, I could have probably went without that verse, not because of the length, but like uh, the last four four parts of his verse, he repeated the same line. I'm like, you know, yeah. I, just to go from his, to go from his album, which we we you know praise me and you drew like you know really enjoying to hearing that feature, just kind of like underwhelming. So I'm like, mm-hmm. well, it was short. He said the same line four times. It's like, well, I. I when I saw Tyler the Creator was on this song, this isn't what I anticipated. So I could have went without that. Um, but yeah, no, overall I'm I'm thoroughly impressed. Like I again, I can't wait to listen to it again. Uh, perfect album to ride to. Um, yeah, it was it was, I was I was amazed. I was amazed. Yeah, I enjoyed that. I enjoyed the album too. I didn't have a favorite because like like you said, B, like I enjoyed the totality of it. Like I enjoyed the the theme of the radio station and like feeling like you like in the car driving, listening to the radio station. It's the skits, the Jim Carrey touch was great. The weekend also always writes good songs. So like, it was just beautiful. Like the songs were put together really well. And mm-hmm. I enjoyed the theme on the eighties. Like it's interesting. Like the time travel people do like on which era they want to tap into, you know what I'm saying? Like, like, cause it takes a lot to go back and try to find the sounds of decades ago. You know what I'm Honestly. saying? So, like, it's, it's interesting, like, to hear, like, all right, this is what I want to tap into, especially after The weekend just did a theme on his last album. So he just really, like, whatever he is interested in, he goes full throttle, and he mm-hmm. boycotted the Grammys because cause he should have won a Grammy for that last album. Like, <laughs> right? let's just be real. Like, he should have won. After a, Hours? Yeah, he should have won something for that. And and what, what was it? Uh, Blinding Lights was, like, the biggest song in the world, and he didn't even get nominated for that. Like, come on. Like, Did you see what that. I said in the chat the other day about that album? What? About After Hours. I didn't think it was that great. I thought I thought the peak of that album was Blinded by the Lights, you know? Yeah, I felt like I was... nothing lived up to that song. Right, but still, like, that was... The, the peak of the album was Blinding Lights, but that was a really big song. Like, it was a huge song. It's the reason why he had the Super Bowl performance. So, exactly. Like, he but... should have got something for that. Like, and then, like, he stayed in character for two years. Like, the House of Mirrors at halftime show. Right. Yeah. You got to get something <laughs> for that. You know what I'm saying? Like, but no, I, I really, just, I really enjoyed it. Uh, a lot down to me. But, he even yeah. mentioned, um, the Super Bowl and his new album, which was uh, still still being, I think, was it still being high off the Super Bowl wrong or something like that? Yeah. It was, yeah, I was like, damn, he did perform a Super Bowl, which, side note, uh, apparently due to um, Amar Khan, uh, the NFL is reconsidering um, the current Super Bowl lineup. I don't know if wow. it's due to the amount of people, but hopefully it gets to stay that way because this will be the most hyped Super Bowl performance in quite a while, but yeah, I saw that yesterday. I'm like, man, oh, COVID, please no. don't. Don't do it. Please. <laughs> the COVID last year, they still had people in the stadium. And the height of COVID last year, they still had people in the stadium. This year, like, oh, guys, no, I think we're going to change up the lineup. They full of shit, man. Well, there's, there's still people in stadiums, like, now for the NFL. So, uh, I don't know. I'm like, what is it about the halftime show where they, they – Right. They, yeah. They like, I, don't know. I don't understand. Anyway. Yeah, but- Sorry, just don't let the people onto the field. It's easy as that. Oh, maybe. I, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> but yes, um, I, I thought I thought that was, that was a great point, Drew, where you said you were let down, um, by by the previous album. I don't know if I was let down, but it wasn't Starboy, which to me was like that's my top weekend yeah. 
project. This one seems like it has a chance, but it was so many just bangers on Starboy. So in a sense, I, I was a little let down. I didn't hate the project, but with after hours. Yeah, after yeah. hours. Um, but Gerard, to your point, how the hell did he not get a Grammy? Which yeah. the other side something the Grammy, you know what I'm saying? The Grammys have been pushed back again through due to COVID. So it's it's wild out here, man. <laughs> it's wild out here. But yeah, no, I I enjoyed this album and man, what a way to start off the year musically with this album. I I didn't listen to Gunna. Um I'll get into that in a minute. Did not hear great <laughs> reviews on that one, but don't even touch it. <laughs> yeah, we, we, we'll uh, touch on that. But yeah, anything else you got to I was say that the line of the album to me on Don FM is said he said I'm gonna make you scream like Neve Campbell, who is the lead co or the lead star of the Scream series. Like, <laughs> oh, that was to have a punchline like that in an album like this. I was just what? <laughs> yeah, that's why we need you as a, as one of the senseis because that went over my head. I, yeah. I just was sitting there rocking back and forth like, man, this album was great. Had no yeah. clue. Neve Campbell and uh, Courtney Cox are the two stars of the Scream series. So, yeah, yeah. I'm going to make you scream like Neve Campbell. Yeah. And, uh, I, so uh, when I texted B yesterday, I was just like, when I heard that Tyler verse, I swear I blinked and it was over. Like, <laughs> I didn't even have a chance to hear what he said because it was over too quick. Like, it didn't. the length of that verse was not needed. Yeah. And, like, to, for the whole thing, like you said, B, that verse was not needed. And... The the Wayne verse I thought was fire though. I yep. heard you're married on that song. Like, yeah, dude, Wayne's been silently on a roll this past year. Like fire verses. I feel like he, people are starting to turn on him now just because of the whole verses and Jay thing. So if Wayne could gear up for a fire album this year, you know, bring some people back into the limelight with him. But dude, I thought this was Weekend's best album uh, in a long time. I thought After Hours was a letdown, and I thought this was a perfect follow-up to it. To pick a full theme, I like how a lot of the songs flow into each other. Yeah. Like I said in our group chat, I think that really elevates an album when it's done right. If you could just hear two, three songs straight in a row and not even realize you heard three songs, like it's hard to do for people, yeah. especially people who look at the phone and want to see, like, what song am I hearing, what, you know, so... Yeah, dude, I thought it was phenomenal, and he's he's got me, a guy who doesn't really like R&B as much, want to go back and listen to it two, three more times. So It's it's funny, Drew, because I really wondered how you would like it because I know, um, you know, you don't always tend to prefer the R&B. You know, you want to switch it up, but damn, dude, like I listened to this one. I'm like, at no point did I just want to skip. And speaking right. of lines that he dropped, he, he dropped a line about how he's um, – now he's 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 making love to a movie star, and when I went, thought about rumors uh, that I've seen about the weekend, I did remember seeing rumors of him and, and Angelina Jolie um, being an item. So I'm like, damn, I think he's yeah, I think it was, I forget what song it was, but he's like, yeah, making love to a movie star, and I'm like, is that a name drop of of, of subtle, subtly telling people that you with Angelina Jolie, and if so. That's fucking legendary. Like, yeah, hey, dude, that's pretty, A-listers now. Why that's not? a pretty good gig. Like, <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, no. Could, could do far worse. Could do right. far worse. Um, but yeah, man, anything else we want to add about uh, The Weeknd's album? The Dawn? Nah, it's a Suburb album. Like, super dope. And if you like The Weeknd album, um, then you would like Tory Lanez uh, along that Prime album as well. It's the I'm same. Um, the same, I guess they doing the same era, you know, the 80s pop. 
you know, they're doing that type of thing. Tori does a really great job at that too. So like check his album out as well if you enjoyed the weekends album. But Tori doesn't have the same theme as like the radio station thing. Tori is just like the sounds and stuff from popular eighties music, you'll hear those sounds in Tori's album. So Deep Synth like weekend. Yeah, that's yeah. what I'm loving. Yep, Dude, like, that's... think think like Madonna, Prince, yeah, that type of shit is in there. Tron. Yep. Yep. <laughs> yep. That's dope. I was thinking it would have been fired if Weekend somehow brought back Daft Punk because uh, last year or two right. years ago they broke up out of nowhere like yeah. two 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 dudes who never showed their face like I mean Weekend made some of his best tracks ever with them yeah so it would have been dope but there's still time he's got a full career left so yeah man, I mean I didn't realize point... how long they have been together that's yeah yeah no, that's crazy wow that's crazy I have a question for y'all. At yeah. this point, if Weekend never made another album again, how would y'all rate his career? <laughs> Drew, I suspect that you would say that you would want one more, which, <laughs> I mean, given that it's the Weekend, I feel like that's not a bad thing. But if Drew, he ended on this one, though, I would, I'd, I'd be satisfied. That's a great one to end on if he yeah, did. I'd be satisfied. Yeah. I, I was fine with, you know, because. I listened to the weekend before he was popular with the trilogy series. So like well, that's, actually mixtapes. So you actually read my mind because yeah. I, I know that you've been rocking with him for so long. I'm, yeah. I feel like you'd be the best person to say how you would feel about his career in totality. If yeah, this I'm, was again, not saying that it is because it's probably most likely not. I'm just curious just to, for conversation purposes. Yeah, If yeah, this no. if this was Abel's last record, then I'd be super proud of him from where he started from, you know, like, mm-hmm. And I, I still enjoy and go back and listen to, you know, uh, House of Balloons, Thursday. You know, I listen to the trilogy series often. And, like, I actually prefer those over the albums. I did enjoy Starboy, though. You know what I'm saying? So, like, Starboy reminded me more of his old stuff than, like, um, the, the other albums and stuff like that. But I enjoy, like, his creativity and the things that he tapped into. Before then, in 2009, I didn't know, you know, what The weekend was because he was just this mysterious character. But now I know, like, the things that go through his head as far as, like, what he want to do as far as music. So, yeah, I'll be super impressed with his career, and I'd be happy for him if he went on to other endeavors. Like, yeah, it'd be cool. Beat, I got a question on top of a question. Yeah. How did you guys feel about the album Kissland? Is like that was technically his debut studio album, right? I actually never heard it. So I was disappointed in Kissland because like I said, I listened to the trilogy album. So mm-hmm. it was totally different and it went more into the mainstream stuff that we're accustomed to now. So it's basically like a launching um pad from where he is now to the music that he's making now. And then that's why I said I enjoy Starboy because I think Starboy was the was the marriage between what y'all heard on Kissland and what the people that was listening to him before I heard on the trilogy, the trilogy mixtape, yeah. and like put it together, and then that's the perfect fusion, you know what I'm saying? So, but the even um, my dear Melancholy and uh, the last album that came out, um, it was like okay, I see him doing other creative things, like he's trying to tap into different moods, uh, different um, genres, and doing different things and that's the things we talked about drew as far as like artists trying new things and seeing what sticks you know what i'm saying so right i mean that's him like testing his creativity so and i'm all for that with artists oh yeah for sure how'd you feel about drew 
so I was going to say, I've listened to it one time when it came out and I don't remember how it sounds. So I'm curious to, I kind of want to go back and, and, and see what it was like, but I've never listened to the trilogy. I've always hung out with friends that like, they'd be playing it while we were hanging out or something. So I'd always hear it in the background and be like, I, I don't know. I, c- I could never tell if it was great or not. You know, when you're early twenties drinking and partying for turn up music, you're not really listening. So right. give me a hell. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm curious to go back. To, I've always heard House of Balloons is like the best one he's ever made. It is. So. House of Balloons is classic. Like, I'm on a weekend yeah. kick, so I might do it now. Yeah, House is of that Balloons the best? Is, is that the best weekend to you, Gerard? House of Balloons. See, no, I think <laughs> uh, because like that'll be unfair to say that's the best weekend. His first project, like no, mm-hmm. that's that's the one that I was introduced to and fell in love with him. But I like I I think Starboy is the best weekend. And and I don't right. explain right. why Starboy is the best weekend, but I think House of Balloons will give you an idea of the ground. You know, like this is this is who Abel is. This is the weekend. This is what we're trying to build up. And you'll like the stuff that you hear now. You'll hear pieces of that in um in House of Balloons, but you won't hear House of Balloons in any of um the stuff now. Like you'll hmm. just hear pieces of it. But I love House of Balloons. Like it's like. If I had to build a top albums ever of my life, that's top ten easily. Wow, so, damn, mm. that's high praise. Yeah, should I? Yeah, I think I might go listen to that. I'll report to that one next week on here. Let you know what I think. Yeah. Speaking of homework, since we transitioned, <laughs> you know, he, he just you know, cut, he cut, cut the record. <laughs> you no, 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 no. See, it would it would it would have hyped your mood up if you at least turned it on. You know what I'm saying? Probably should have because I need all of that right now. But no, once you said speaking of homework, I'm like that Jonah Hill meme where he's looking. Um, but yeah, man, I love that discussion about the weekend. I look forward to seeing what our listeners think about it. But yeah, was there uh, any other projects I'm trying to think of? Oh, Drew, Jonah, you love you wanted to share about that. I'm never taking recommendations from people with Gunna again, dude. Like, he is pure fucking garbage. And I will say that boldly on this podcast. Like, him and Playboy Cardi, I will. They're going to have to make. Young Thug surprised me because B hit me at a good time to listen to that. And it surprised the shit out of me. These two albums are garbage. Like, Whole Lot of Red, I've said on Twitter many times, I hate by Playboy. And this DS whatever bullshit forever is awful, dude. He can't rap. And people are just like, oh, he's supposed to be funny with it. He's supposed to be witty. I was like, there's there's being funny and there's being shit. You're not going to get an argument you from say? anyone of us. So, hey. No, I'm just saying. I, I, I'm, I'm taking this time to vent right now to the whoever the hell's listening. Because Gunna and Playboy Cardi need to be banned from music until they make a good-ass project. You. you know what's funny? You know what's funny? Like, I can't speak for Gunna. Well, I guess I can. They both have, like, fan bases that are, like, ride or die, right? But they know yeah. that they're different. Um, I, I've i never – I can't remember. I've never heard, like, a solo uh, Gunna project. I heard he was dropping this one, and I will say when the features came out, I'm like, damn, that's a good collection of artists. Mm-hmm. But, no, I mean, after listening to The weekend, I'm like, I'm not even in, like, a – and it's funny because we're two hip hop senses and casual, but I'm like, I'm not even in like a hip hop mood right now. Like I R and B eighties vibes. I'm like yeah. it's kind of the space I'm in right now. So I just 
I never shifted to where I, I mean, it's only Saturday right now, but I hadn't listened to Gunna. But then when you express, you know, your thoughts on it, Drew, but then not only you, I've seen a lot of people on social media say that the, the project was really mid, underwhelming. So, mm-hmm. you know, never, I never want to go off the opinions of other people, but like, there's just nothing right now that makes me say, hey, let me check out and see if they're wrong. Like, and then a common theme, actually, I just read an article on it, but uh drake was supposed to be on the album but the track like was removed and that's like the fourth project where drake has drake himself said he's gonna be on it yeah. uh and then wasn't on it so i don't it could be a move maybe for where they're gonna do like a uh deluxe and he'll drop the he could drop the track with drake on the deluxe album but i don't know like um i think trippy red at one point had said that drake was gonna be on his album and he wasn't French Montana and, and Drake said that they had a, a song coming out on on an album and Drake just wasn't on it. So now it's like almost like a, I don't know if it's trolling at this point from Drake, but like <laughs> I just found that very interesting. So yeah. once that was removed too, I'm like, yeah, nah, probably not. Are you, are you gonna attempt to listen to it? I don't or... know. To be with you, bro. People, I don't know why albums I hate now. I go on Twitter now to see what people's general reactions are. And people are like eating up. Oh, best album ever. Gonna kill it again. I'm like, Jesus, like what are, what are people hearing that I'm not hearing? You know, to be honest, I haven't seen anybody saying that about the album. Which, no, I haven't seen that at all, but which is surprising. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm not surprised that the Gunna album is not good. Cause I don't, I'm not sure I could be wrong, but I don't think Gunna has even had a solo project to itself. It was always with somebody else. It was Gunna and Baby, Gunna and Thug. Like, yeah. he was always with somebody else. So him doing a whole project to himself, I can see it being shitty. But I was never really a Gunna fan anyway. The people that he did projects with, I was mostly, I felt like they was mostly boosting him. Like, I'm a big yeah. Baby fan. So, like, I would listen to the Gunna and Baby project because I feel like Gunna felt uplifted because baby was on the track with him like you know what i'm saying like or the gunner and thug the same thing right. like i'm not a huge thug fan but thug makes good music so i figured if gunner is on the track with him that the track would be decent so yeah. i didn't i wasn't even looking forward to a gunner album at all you know so i wasn't gonna check yeah. it out anyway it ain't gonna do anything for you but you, you say save your time save your save your brain cells because <laughs> It's music for stupid people. That's I'm just gonna say it. Like, <laughs> was there one track or one song or one beat where you were like, okay, maybe I could try? You know, you know what? So everyone's talking about this song. It's called Push and P, and it's with Young Thug and Future. So I'm listening to this song. I'm like, yeah, the beat's okay. Gun is just I don't know what he's doing on these tracks, but he sounds off. And so then it gets to Young Thug and Future. They're barely even on it. Like, it's like a Tyler verse from both of them. I'm like, dude, this is shit. Like, you just tease people with like two big names on one song, and I didn't get it too sexy or anything like that, you know? Yeah. So. I don't know. I, I I got 13 tracks and I turned it off. I'll say one good thing about Gunner. <clears throat> Shout out to him for bagging Chloe Bailey. You know what I'm saying? Salute to that <laughs> man. Okay? Salute to him. You know, I mean, we all get wins in life and that's a win. You know what I'm saying? So, cool. No, it's it, it definitely, definitely a win. Um, 
But yeah, Drew, I appreciate you for trying 13 tracks. It was 20, right? Or was it 19? Yeah, 19 or 20, something like that, yeah. yeah. What, um, wait, it's 20 fucking? No. No. That's dude. what I'm saying, man. Like, dude, like, quality over quantity, and there's no quality at all. So when you get to, when I got six tracks in, and I was like, I can't do this. And then I was just driving a little more, running some errands, and I just turned it off. I was like, this is, I turned the weekend back on, actually. I was like, this is, but hey, weekend saved, saved our weekend. So cheers to the weekend. Cheers to the weekend, man. <laughs> there really wasn't no hip hop records that came out this week either. To like, sometimes you need that, man. It's a lot going on in the world. Some, sometimes you just need, you know, that rhythm blues to get you through. Yeah. I love that a big album, though, like Weekends came out because Januaries are usually slow for New Year's and making new music. And the next week we got Corday. So yeah. I was going to say Corday. Um, Earl Sweatshirt, actually. I, I, too, I asked yeah. you guys. Um, so I could ask that on the pod. Uh, Drew, I asked you, well, you already spoke about it in our group chat, but like, you know, I feel like Earl Sweatshirt is one another one of those artists that has a particular following. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was associated with. Tyler the Creator's group, right? Or am Ooh, I getting that? Yeah, you're right. He's what I I yeah. Okay, so thoughts. He has an upcoming album coming out. Um, I forget the name, and I can try to find that real quick. But Drew, when I had, when I told you that it was coming, how did you feel about that? Uh, I'm at a weird point with Earl right now because his his debut album Doris was phenomenal, especially during the Odd Future era, where like they were at their peak. Uh, it was a gem to come out during that time. His second album, I can't remember the name of... He's got really long titles for his names. Um, his second one was good. It wasn't was phenomenal. It, was it Tab, Tabula Rasa? Tabula Rasa? That was his last one, I think. Okay, let me see. Uh, in 2010, he released uh, Solo... What was that? So the new the new album coming out is called Sick. Um, he released a single for that actually yesterday. But that's coming out soon. I'm trying to see... I'll take a listen. I'm always excited for Earl because he's a guy who each album finds a new sound, but it's just up to you if you want to rock with that sound or not. His first one was like pure hip hop. The next one kind of went into like some kind of synth, kind of kind of hard drum beats. So, and his last one was really, I think I feel like each track was like five six minutes long each, and I wasn't into that. Yeah. So let's see. He has three studio albums, two mixtapes. I just want the studio albums. So <laughs> there's Doris. Yep. Um, I don't like shit. I don't go outside. That's the one. <laughs> that's, the... <laughs> that's a hilarious title. He's actually got a song with Vince Staples on there that goes real hard. Yeah. Peanut butter to Paisley. Walking down the street in a different color McGrady's. That first grade it was me. Now my fist full of slips and our old banker receipts. Bitches grip the stick and jerky like cold shanks of the beef dry. Okay. And then there's some rap songs. And then he'll be releasing Sick uh, on the 14th. Okay. And the track listing for Sick, there's just 10 songs. So. Yeah, uh, could be know. short and sweet. Yeah. So yeah. Um I'll definitely check that out. But you said you're in a weird spot listening to Earl Sweatshirt because you liked the first one, then the second one got weird. It just kind of went downhill from there to me. But hey, there's people who rock with him heavy and think he's three for three, so <laughs> Drod- <laughs> people think gun is great. I don't Drod- care about you- those people. Um <laughs> but <laughs> like I'm in the same boat like Drew. Like I used to rock with Earl Sweatshirt Heavy when he was with uh, Our Future, but I haven't been looking for him lately. I think 
I think I only listened to Doris and I didn't listen to anything else. Like probably some Lucy's here or there. I definitely heard the track with Vince Staples, but uh, I'm going to listen to it, but I ain't, it wasn't nothing I was like looking forward to. So Yeah. What he's did you no guys Tyler. Like? You said what? You said what? Sorry. Oh, I said he's no Tyler. <laughs> well, I mean, Gerard only likes Tyler. So. <laughs> hey, but, but, but Gerard admits when Tyler puts out a good project, though. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's sure. just not the biggest fan of him, and that's fair. Yeah. I was curious, like, what, what drew you guys to uh, Earl Sweatshirt? Like, what do you guys like about his rap style for a person like me where I'm not really familiar? I know him as a person, more so for, like, being on the show, um, Lawyer Squad, but, like, him as an artist, like, what, what drew him to to you guys what did you guys enjoy so, about him i think one thing about it is like i think this is a very underrated aspect when you think about artists is their voice he got a good voice and i think uh his lyrical ability like he puts like sometimes people minds make them put together like words and bars that you wouldn't like normally mm-hmm. think of, and he's one of those type of rappers like it's okay. unorthodox so like you'll listen to some shit it's like oh okay that was dope i like how he did that you know what i'm saying because it's not normal you know what i'm saying so like yeah. i think that's what drew me to him and like i said he, he got a good voice he, a good rapping voice like something like uh like you'll say Since like he was a DMX. kid he's had a deep voice yeah yeah that deep like deep booming voice so like a dmx or like a biggie like that grabs your attention you know what i'm saying so like that's and then you see this kid about, and you realize uh, he's like 130 pounds right skinny super skinny kid (laughs) but uh to me it was that i was really into odd future so i wanted to hear everything that they were pumping out back in the day and doris was super lyrical and like he'd go into songs where it was just like a complete two three minute verse with just some weird trippy beat behind it or like some some really undertone drum pattern and he'd just be flowing his ass off but like gerard said He'd be saying some off the wall shit at times too. Yeah. It'll just catch you off guard. But at the same time, he's flowing his ass off. But yeah. it, dude, he's just he's lyrical. Like if yeah. if you're into that, he's gone just weird routes in in the last few albums though. Like exploring new sounds that don't really work with his style. Um, he doesn't really have features either. His first album had like a bunch of odd future guys, but it's pretty much a solo act. So. If you can tolerate him, you'll enjoy it. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know his music, but I know him for funny videos and memes. Uh, one being when he impersonated Joe Budden with, like, the beard and being bald. Yeah. <laughs> but the second one I always think of is when he's like, it smell like bitch in here. Smell like bitch in here. All y'all smell like bitch to me. Why you in my house? Why you at my fireplace and my dinner? I would inflate an inflatable pool and fill it up with Sherman, get butt naked and oil myself. Welcome to my life. <laughs> and then they like, dude, ain't you the janitor? Those are always the two things I think of when I think about him. But yeah, man. Um, yeah, hopefully look forward to us discussing the album, seeing, you know, how it sounds, whether it meets y'all. I don't, y'all don't really have expectations from what I'm hearing, like y'all listen to it, but it sounds like both of you really liked his first project and the second one, y'all. Yeah, yeah, he just hasn't really. He's not like a mainstream artist like that. Yeah, so he's 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 got that niche following, right? Okay. Yeah, I don't have no expectations, so I'm gonna listen to it. If it's fire, it's fire. If it's not, I wasn't paying attention anyway. So if not, there's gonna be more albums this year. <laughs> yeah. Well, 
I look forward to seeing what y'all think on that because it can go either way, and I'm excited for either way. B, oh. I've had a request of something we should talk about on here. A lot of people are curious, and I've been telling them, uh, what's up with Antonio Brown? Because he was on your Super Bowl roster. <laughs> mm. Well, first off, thank you for that. Cause... Yeah. Congrats on the win. Congrats thank on the you. win. Finally! We, we played, Drew. I was very nervous, not going to lie to you. I'm like, I, if if I lose to Drew with him having all his top players out, I'm like, there's never any overcoming that. Like that, that is that is. So, but I and mean, those boys competed too. So I was not mad. I was about to say, like, I kept looking at the score. I'm like, dog. Like, well, how is he getting all these points from fucking the backup uh, running back for the for Boston Scott had 36 for me. That's like... crazy. Come on, I, I, I need this in my life right now. But um, so yeah, I did win. Um, shout out to you, Drew, for being a gracious uh, opponent. Oh yeah, but. I kept kicking myself because I wanted to. I think I said on the pod, Drew, can I get another flashback? Because uh-huh. I'm like, Amon Ra. Amon, Amon Ra. And I keep looking at the fucking Lions score. We getting blasted, right? But every time they get a touchdown, it's him. His <laughs> numbers was crazy. I'm like, dude, if I fucking lose. But I really want to play Amara St. Brown. I have, I have him on my bench, but like. Ooh, he's been hot too. I have Diggs, Tyreek Hill, Antonio Brown, and Debo Samuel. Like, who do you sit out of that? Same man, nobody. your receivers are stacked. Yeah, no, nobody. The only person you might have to sit is Antonio Brown because he's, um, I don't know, game time decision. They I think ankle or something, but yeah, dude, it's like that's the thing, Gerard. You don't want to, you don't want to sit him out because then he'll ball and, and you'd be like, well, "What was I thinking?" But then if he's got an injury and gets hurt in the middle of the game, it's like. And Antonio Brown fucking retired mid-game, so I'm like, that's who I was going to start him over. So to answer your question, Drew, uh, I think this is a great topic to bring up because to me, one, I think Antonio Brown has been struggling since he he took that hit from Burfick and had mm-hmm. that, that you, you just don't want to see guys get hit like that in football. And if that was to happen in football now, um, I think Burfick, which he was suspended then, but I think he'd be out of the league now. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think – I think this is honestly, I think it's a cry for help. Um, I, I know there's like parts of Antonio Brown's stories that I that I wanna I wanna believe, right? So he claims that he basically subbed himself out because his his uh ankle was hurting too badly. However, they said at halftime, Antonio Brown complained that he wasn't getting the targets that he wanted. So I mean to me, there was one route that he ran and he even posted on his social media where he looked outstanding. Um mm-hmm. He had the he had the cornerback that was covering him, like you know, turning his back. He couldn't keep up with him. Then he came back, caught the ball, celebrated. So no big deal there. Um, I don't know. I just it, I feel like I've seen things come out since. So Antonio Brown allegedly had um, snuck a girl into their hotel room the night before, mm-hmm. um, and that's just another situation where again breaking COVID protocols and putting you know your teammates at the end of the day at risk. Like that's. It's just weird, man. Like, he's doing a lot of stuff where he wants publicity after this. He went on a podcast, right, which, again, you can go share your story. That's cool. But, like, the thing that got me is a lot of people are giving him the benefit of the doubt. But Tom Brady, when all of this went down, took him into his home, had the Bucks. He went above Bruce Bruce Arians' head, I think even above the GM's head, went to the owner. So he wanted Antonio Brown to be on the team. He got, like, a fourth chance. And Tom Brady did all that, right? Antonio Brown goes on the podcast and he's like, 
if Tom Brady is really my boy, like, why am I getting paid the amount of money I'm getting paid? Like, he made sure Grant got hooked up. Why am I on a prove it deal? Like, you know, I consider Tom Brady a friend, but like, if he's a friend, why am I making this? It's like, dude, really? Like, really? Like, without Tom Brady, you would not be back in the NFL. Exactly. If Tom Brady went out of his way to make sure that you not only lived with him, but were given a fourth chance after you burned your bridge with with the Steelers, you burned your bridge with with uh, the Raiders, you burned mm-hmm. your bridge with the Patriots. Like this was literally your last shot. So to see him turn on on Tom Brady, it's like, dude, like who won't you turn on? So right. I don't know. I, I think. He said he's getting surgery. He said he's got a shot that's highly legal. Do I think he got the shot? Absolutely. Um, he got Toradol. They all get. They all do that. Like he just he all, didn't, name, he didn't name the drug, but it's a it's a common drug that they give them. They give them Toradol. It's a pain reliever drug that you get shot in. Like it numbs whatever pain you have for that moment. Like it's not. It's not. Right. It's not healthy because they get addicted to it. You know what I'm saying? It's an opiate. So you get addicted to it. And instead of like dealing with whatever you got, you keep a hey, keep shooting that tour doll up. Like that's not that's nothing new. His lawyer just know how to put words together. Like, yeah, no, that. So that, that was a great point I was going to mention. Antonio Brown probably has a, the best lawyers that money can buy. Like the statement that they put out um, that, our, that Adam Schefter uh, retweeted was amazing. It put basically all the pressure on Tampa to prove like what they said wasn't true. Yeah. Um, I think, I think Bruce Arians looked kind of bad because for him to say like, he didn't know about the ankle injury, like Antonio Brown as a fantasy owner of his, like he had been out or struggling with that for like six weeks, four to six weeks, I think. So, I mean, if, if casual fantasy players knew about the injury, how can your coach say that he didn't? But I think, I think he misspoke. I think he meant like, Cause he Bruce Arians talked yesterday and he was like, he asked him, was he good to go? You know what I'm saying? Like, I think he meant like he didn't know that his ankle was hurting at that point. Like during the game when Antonio mm-hmm. said like, Oh, my ankle hurts too bad to go out there. He meant like, I don't know about this ankle right now. Not, I don't know about the ankle period. Cause he was out what four weeks or something like that. So clearly, you know, your player has yeah, an injury. Right. Like, so you, I think you, that's, a- you know what I think makes you look bad. If your ankle really hurts. And again, I know adrenaline, but like, for you to exit the field like that, doing jumping jacks and yeah. looking looking pretty healthy right. to me, I feel like yeah. your ankle is hurting. Again, adrenaline can do a hell of a lot. You see how he cleaned Bro, that got, up. You see how he cleaned like he that up. 20 inches in the air just off his little skips. Right. Yeah. But you see how he cleaned that up. He was, like, he was like jogging off the field is different from blasting off the line, pushing off your ankle. Yeah. I was like, I see what you did there. That was that was that was a smooth smooth pivot, but <laughs> I think I think in total what actually happened. I think his ankle was hurting. Um I think he tried to play. I think he was I, I never want to comment on anyone's pain tolerance because everybody has different pain tolerance. Not saying if he was injured, he definitely should have sat out if that's the case. But again, I saw him run that route where he caught the ball. I thought he looked he looked like, you know, capable of doing what he said he wasn't but i do think targets was an issue when you mm-hmm. listen to the podcast interview that they've been playing like on espn he asked who on the team wide receiver wise is better than him he had incentives that he needed to hit i think he wanted the ball i think he didn't get the ball so when he was subbed out i think hey he was like you know i'm not going back in bruce arians from the jump never wanted him on the team right i think where tampa messed up as they said if he you know he has one shot he's gone when the vaccination, you know, faking of that vaccination card came out, 
Yeah. If, if they were really about that action, I think they cut him. I think what saved him from being cut, in all honesty, is they had Chris Godwin go down and Mike Evans go down, like, literally the week before he was due to come back. Yeah. I think they're like, hey, you know, we, we want to cut him, but at the end of the day, he might be. I mean, the game where he came back, I think he had, like, 12 receptions or something. Like, mm-hmm. he, he went crazy the game he finally came back. So, in all, I think he I think he wanted to target. I think he pouted or, or caused a scene. I think Bruce Arians was like, you know what, fuck that you out and i think once he realized like he was cut from the team antonio brown just blew up and you know made that scene but i think it's all a cry for help i think you know with the things he's gotten in trouble for which again i'm not judging anybody but like that hit he took was really bad and he's yeah. mentioned it several times like um mentally you know he's got some stuff he, he needs to work on but i just hope he gets help man like i think that's all of this what it comes down to like Mental health is real. Um, I don't know if he's getting the appropriate help that he needs, but I just see a person that needs help and wants help and may not know about going about it the right way, but, like, talking about himself in third person and, like, Mm -hmm. showing up to the Nets game, like, the day after all that went down and, like, just – just really wanting like to to be noticed it's just it's just weird man but i hope he gets the help that he needs and that was my personal take on what happened i would love to hear what y'all think happened and whether y'all agree or disagree with my my theory but that's how I, that's how i took that situation and drew great question cuz it's been literally everywhere no matter yeah. you know whether it's it's not even just sports related like it's been literally on the news and everything cuz you don't see people do y'all consider that a breakdown? Like you don't see people typically do something like that, like retire. It's the most talked about retirement ever. So, I mean, that's, it's definitely the craziest one I think we've ever seen. And he but, said that he'll be back next season. But my thing is, bro, this man. was your fourth, this was your fourth chance. He's not. I won't sign it. No, I, don't, I just can't see an organization being like, you know what? I know he's burned four bridges before, including the, <laughs> the Buccaneers, where they they just went and uh, won a Super Bowl. Like, right? We should give him a shot because maybe we're the team that can, you know, he'll he'll behave for. I, I just can't. I feel like every team thinks they want to be that hero for him. Ego but, is big. That is no, yeah, that's, that's you. Yeah, that's right. A big point. I just don't see him. I don't see any team. I feel like there's so many teams like either rebuilding who don't want that or like established and good enough to where they could make a push and don't need that. But like I love Andre sent me a a barstool podcast the other day called pardon the take. And it was an interview of the driver who picked him up. And uh, he said, right when he picked him up, like you would have thought nothing happened. Like he wanted, he was, he was like happy, cheerful. Like he was in the back of the car, I guess. Like, wanting to go on Instagram live and just dish it out all right there. Like his, his managers and PR team are like, whatever you do, do not go on live right now. Like it's the last thing we need for you. But like said, yeah, he dropped him off or whatever. And you would, you would think nothing happened pretty much. Like they were, they're buddies too. Like it's his personal driver every time he's in town and talking, talking all the time. Just, you know, they went to go get dinner that night too. So yeah. I, dude, there's definitely something wrong with him because he's not the same kid that went to Central Michigan, you know? It's crazy to think about, too. It's been that long, and he had that monster stretch for the Steelers. But, like, that perfect hit, I, I feel like everybody remembers it. Like, everybody who saw it, like, whoa, that's one of the nastiest hits I've ever seen, you know? It was scary. It was it's scary. And, and the way he reacted right after that, it's like just someone flicked on a, like, turned off a light and turned it right back on real quick. And, 
I think it fucked him up permanently for sure. And I think I don't want him to do anything rash or anything violent, but I think he's on that path and I think he really needs help right now. And I don't think he's I don't think he's he I don't think he wants it and I don't think he's going to get it. That's the thing. I just want him to get help before it leads to that type of of situation. Um, yeah, Brady well, even came out too and said like, "I don't think we need to be poking fun at this." And like, we need. I'm pretty sure he contacted him again. You know, to at least just try and talk to him and see what's up. But, bro, if you're my friend, please don't go on a podcast and talk about how I didn't get you the money that you deserve <laughs> after I I literally did. <laughs> More than I needed yeah, to. But, but if you think if you think your friend has mental issues, you're not gonna take it personally. Which is why I don't think I don't think for me, I agree with both of y'all, but I also feel like he hasn't done anything for me to give him the benefit of the doubt. So like that's true. Yeah. You know, if everybody if, if this is your if if every if you have four chances and everybody has tried to help you, I cannot keep saying you need help. Cause you yeah. like you have to want the help. And if we yeah. keep giving you handouts and you burning everybody every bridge that you have, at this point, I don't I don't care anymore. You know what I'm saying? Because you got to care for yourself. Then I'm not mm-hmm. going to help you anymore. Like so, like either it's mental issues or this is his ego completely taking over and like sabotaging his whole career. And if that's what yeah, it's yeah. doing, hey, you made a lot of money. You keep talking about businesses booming. Go be your little broke ass rapper. Like, you know what I'm saying? Do what you got to do. But football is not happening for you no more. Like, mm-hmm. so, like, I don't, he ain't didn't, he ain't done nothing for me to, like, be on any, any social media platform caping for Antonio Brown. You know what I'm saying? Cause, like, every time I've seen people help him and he get opportunities, I see him do this, like, little, um, humble, meek role for, like, five minutes. And next thing you know, he on some bullshit again. So, like, right. you know, it could be it could be mental issues and I and no one is sleeping on that. I, I hope if it is like a, a mental issue that he gets the help that he need and he goes seek therapy or some type of help to help him overcome that. But if it's not, then he just like anybody else, bro. Like you should you should just you shoot yourself in the foot and you go live live with that. So No, Drew, you brought up an excellent point. Um one of the things I mean, like we said, it's been everywhere on TV, social media, and one of the common themes i have been seeing is people saying you know basically pulling a black car and being like you yeah. know i stand with ab um you know i i got his back you know uh they were there's the the theory out there that the tampa bay buccaneers are trying to keep him from getting his incentive but again mm-hmm. i feel like if they were trying to keep him from his incentive why would they ask him to sub in and he not wanting to sub in? like in order to keep somebody from their incentive, like they would want him to be on the bench, right? Like, right. like keep him out the game. I just yeah, right. doesn't align. But yeah, like like you said, like Jerry, you put it perfectly. Like I'm not gonna keep caving for somebody that has a, a history of pushing people away, doing people wrong, like talking about people behind their back. Like it's just weird, man. And and you said ego dry. All of his his entire podcast interview, he refers to himself as AB. They yeah. call AB we win a Super Bowl. It's like, bro, you had. Five receptions for 22 yards. Like, you don't think that could have been replaced in a Super Bowl? Right. Like, I don't remember watching it. If anybody, it was Grant going crazy in a Super right. Bowl. I think two yeah. touchdowns, like a lot of that. So, I don't know, man. It's just a weird situation. And You thought everything would be fine after he won a Super Bowl, you know? Like, that's why this saying. year it's a whole new bag of issues or a bag of dicks like he likes to get. Bag of dicks for the dicks. 
Hey, Chuck, here go the back of dicks. Fish head. Fish head. Fish. Fish, here go the back of dicks, fish. That, if, that's what I'm saying. Like, if, if if you're that, if you're another team in the league, like, why would you even consider, like, right. a Super Bowl couldn't make him happy when it was, it appeared he was out of the league. So, like, what what is it, what can another organization offer him? Like, I was thinking, okay, maybe Kansas City, they like taking chances. But then it's like, I don't know if Andy Reid wants that much of a headache. Uh, on his plate. I mean, they took Josh Gordon. <laughs> yeah, but see, Josh. All, all he different. do is smoke weed. Yeah, <laughs> I'm gonna say, I like, yeah, like, back, <laughs> yeah, back when it was such a like criminally charged, right. too. Like, the craziest <laughs> like, thing. Nobody's ever accused Josh Gordon, from what I've seen and read, of being an asshole. Like, no. Always super good guy, hard worker. You know, you don't really hear him talk that much. Right. Never. You just, you just hear, you know, about the weed. So I don't. <laughs> Smoke weed every day. I don't know. They took a chance on him. But like, he's not, he's never been considered like a bad guy. Um, I don't well, know. They, they tried to make him go to rehab for weed. Like, just take the weed away, if anything. But like, that's what that, like, who would you rather draft now? AB or Josh Gordon next year? <laughs> if, listen, I would still, I would still draft still AB, AB because yeah. them six years in Pittsburgh were Hall of Fame numbers. You know what I'm saying? And you can't Insane. take that away from him. You just got to deal with the bullshit that comes along <laughs> with it. My thing is, I I wouldn't have signed him to four other teams after he left Pittsburgh. I wouldn't have did right. that. So, and Gerard, you make a great point because. I feel like Josh Gordon had that one outstanding year. Yeah. And mm-hmm. ever since then, people just like want him to be able <laughs> to have that type of year again. Where A B, like you said, like Hall damn Hall of Fame numbers, honestly, yeah. with just yeah. numbers alone. Like, but I was listening to uh clips of the Valenti show, um, Drew, and uh Hatchet is a Steelers fan, and he mm-hmm. said Mike Tomlin deserves an apology because when everything went down to Pittsburgh, people were saying, like, how could he let A.B. do certain things on the team? Right. Or, you know, like, just being extremely lenient. Like, they were releasing him, just blaming him. But it's like, like Gerard said, for those years that A.B. was going crazy, all these things about Antonio Brown, nobody knew. Like, to be mm-hmm. able to keep all of that under wraps, like, I think he does deserve credit. And I thought that was a great point. Like, no other team has been able to keep Antonio Brown for, like, longer than one season. If that so, no. Shout out to the Pittsburgh Steelers and uh, and and Mike Tomlin, who has yet I don't think has ever had a losing record, ever, never. Crazy. Yeah, they want to keep the record going. I saw I saw the other day. Uh, people were like, okay, Ben's gone. Let's bring in Deshaun Watson now. Like that'd be kind of fire there. Yeah, I did see that, and I did I did think that would be. Hey, sign me up. What you mean? <laughs> yeah, that would be that would be pretty. I'd fire. watch every game there. That'd be fire. Yeah, no, that that would be dope. But yeah, great question, Drew. I I wanted to, I don't know. I I I wanted to discuss that, but I feel like I don't know. Maybe nobody yeah. would want to hear that if they didn't. I don't know. But we were going to talk about they it. They want to hear. All right. Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. It's a hot topic, man. Right. Um. But yeah, man, that was that was an excellent point. So one last thing I wanted to talk about. I sent y'all this uh, this Instagram with Nas selling the mm. NFT of his uh of his two singles, all black, I mean ultra black and rare, and you get royalties from it. 
So it's between 0.05% up to 2.5% of the royalties. Um, how did y'all feel about that? I think it just continues what we're seeing now of uh, NFTs taking over, man. Um, I think anything Nas does when it comes to investing or NFTs or, or any of that stuff, um, Nas is so far ahead of everybody else. Like, as great of a rapper as he is, like, you know, he's invested in things that nobody knew would be anywhere near as big as it is now. Like, he was an yeah. investor in Ring, you know, way before Ring, you know, became popular. Um, I think this is great. Like, we when we, we continue to discuss uh, record deals for artists, to be able to include your fan base in a way of revenue or, or generating money along with you, like, I, I would love to just see, like, okay, if this person spends this much, this is how much Nas makes. But, like, NFTs are, are, the, are the wave. Like, yeah. you may not understand mm-hmm. it, but, you know, there's people spending hundreds of thousands of dollars to buy fake land in an NFT world. Like, yeah. bro, it's crazy. I've seen they got – you could buy horses and race them and NFTs, like, train them. It's, that, like, it's hard to fathom how big all of that stuff is going to get. but I, I think Nas is a trailblazer and we'll see other artists, I'm sure, doing the same thing. But like, I don't know. I think it's really dope. I just would love to see more details about percentages and how like the breakdown. Right. But that's awesome. Like, I love that move. I think that's well ahead of his time. Yeah. In the first I, uh I had no idea what the title meant. I'm going to be honest. Come on, man. What are we talking about? <laughs> I know what NFTs are, but I had no idea how it how it uh, translated with the royalties. And I didn't really I didn't really look at the article. I saw the headline. I was like, I don't know what this says. <laughs> Am I old? I don't know how they're breaking down like um, which NFT you buy to get the percentage. I'm not sure of that. I guess you have to go deeper into it and see if you want to invest. But it's only two songs that he's doing. He's not mm-hmm. doing it for his full catalog. It's only for Ultra Black and Rare. And it goes from 0.01% of that song or either one of the songs up to 2.15%. So, like, you can buy, like, an NFT of Rare and get up to 2.15%, depending on how much you invest into that song. So each time the song is streamed, you get paid royalties off of it. So, But I don't know how much you need to invest in it to purchase that NFT. So that's right. that's the only thing. But um, okay. this is the first time I've seen uh, NFTs be introduced as far as uh, investing, because basically that's what you're doing, investing in an artist's music. I've seen another artist, his name is LaRussell, and he made an album, and I guess he uh, like crowdsourced the uh, money for the album, and that anybody who donated to the... Um, making of that album they were listed as executive producers so they were given a percentage of the album um however much it streamed for royalties of it so like the even on the um like on the photo out or whatever when it says a list of executive producers it's like a long list of people's names who invested into the album whether you gave a dollar or whether you gave ten thousand dollars and you were listed as executive producer and your breakdown will be added to like his um the splits as far as what you get for an album, you get you get paid for that. So I've seen somebody do that, you know what I'm saying? But I haven't right. seen the NFT aspect. So it's Are you it's gonna cool. invest? Huh? Are you gonna invest? In Nas? Yeah. Nah, I probably I'm <laughs> probably not, but I might later on in the future, depending yeah. on if I already yeah. yeah, so 
So I, yeah, I, 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 I found an article real quick. Um, so the investment platform Royal teamed up with Nas uh, to do the streaming royalty rights for the two songs that Gerard has mentioned as the NFTs. Um, the platform's first sale beginning January 11th will allow the general public to own limited digital assets, uh, so also known as NFTs, for Ultra Black um, off of the Grammy Award winning album King's Disease and Rare, um, which I, I like that song a lot. But a limited no- number of tokens will be released for each song, ranging in tiers, representing different royalty ownership. Um, 1,110 total tokens for Rare and 760 for Ultra Black. Each tier is based on the rights percentage for each NFT, and prices range from $50 to about $10,000. So um, having Nas, you know, so they, they, the CEO said, having Nas be the first artist to sell royalty rights through Royal is an incredible affirmation uh, of our mission. So the DJ and producer previously offered up to 50% of streaming rights to a single worst case. So, um, I mean, like I said, I think this beginning is something huge. Yeah. Uh, this is an article off of Hypebeast. So anybody looking for that, feel free to check it out. But yeah, no, I think that's dope. Um, yeah, even if it were to be somebody that invested $50 just to you know have a piece of that, I think that's, that's pretty awesome. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. It could be, I mean these artists can make a fuck ton of money in the future. Like, especially with a smash single, there's something behind it. Like, I wonder if they're going to do it. How, cause like what King's disease was two years ago now. So I wonder if they're going to do this for like albums that are already out or like, if you could invest like to predict a song, like a stock, it'd be kind of fun to get into. Yeah. yeah. Or a, di- a different business venture. You see how artists coming out and they're selling their um, masters. Like they're, they're publishing for yeah. a shit ton of money. Instead of selling it to large entities, sell it to your friends. You know what That'd I'm saying? Cool. So, like, they own your music. Your fans own your music. They're the ones who helped you get to this point anyway. And you still get paid for that. And you ain't got to sell it to Sony. You know what I'm saying? Right. Sony ATV. They already got enough money. Like, sell it to this cool. 10,000 fans. You know what I'm saying? And they own the masters to this album. You know, I mm-hmm. think that's a business. Well, we should probably delete that. You know what I'm saying? Because I probably... It's probably a business plan for <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. Well, yeah, great great job bringing that up, uh, Gerard. But, um, yeah, no, I think this is very exciting. I uh, look forward to where this goes in the future. Uh, but, yeah, anything else we want to discuss before we get out of here, fellas? Yeah, get your, get your top ten ready. Next week's the week. Yep. Looking forward to that. Um, and, yeah, Drew, with – I know I mentioned it, but with everything going on, um, will there – is there further thoughts on like a virtual inclusion for the album party? We um, could do it. We could do it like Friday night or something if we want. Okay. Yeah. Just go oh. on Facebook or something and see if people want to join in and share their top tens and we'll get a huge list this year of people. Yeah. No, I like that a lot. Um, so yeah, y'all look out for the upcoming album party. We'll provide more information in the coming week. Um, but yeah, if that's everything, for the for the team that's it this week all right well that has been another episode of true hip-hop senseis and casual and until the next time when we go over our albums or best albums of the previous year y'all be easy one take care (laughs) one two three one cool cool
two senseis and a casual. 